This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that digs through history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about one of the most famous cases of body snatching in recent memory, the time when desperate criminals stole the mortal remains of a silent film star and then demanded his widow pay a fortune to get them back. The day was March 1st, 1978. Shortly before midnight, two men dug up the grave of silent film legend Charlie Chaplin and stole his body. The criminals then contacted the actor's widow, Una O'Neill Chaplin, and demanded the equivalent of $600,000 for the return of her husband's corpse. Imagine their shock when Una flat-out refused to pay. After all, as she told them, quote, Charlie would have thought it rather ridiculous if she did. Sir Charles Chaplin was a British comedic actor and filmmaker who rose to fame during Hollywood's silent film era. In most of his best-known films, including The Gold Rush, City Lights, and Modern Times, Chaplin played a character known simply as The Tramp. He was a bumbling but kind-hearted vagrant who often behaved more like a gentleman than those of higher social standing. Near the end of his career, in the early 1950s, Chaplin and his family relocated to Switzerland after the FBI began investigating him on suspicion of being a communist. Chaplin had heard the news while attending the premiere of his latest film in London. The U.S. government said the actor would have to submit to an interview about his political beliefs and moral behavior in order to gain re-entry to the country. It was at that point that Chaplin decided to part ways with the USA. He later said of the decision, quote, Whether I re-entered that unhappy country or not was of little consequence to me. I would like to have told them that the sooner I was rid of that hate-beleaguered atmosphere, the better. That I was fed up with America's insults and moral pomposity. Chaplin continued to work in Europe until a series of strokes in the late 1960s put an end to his future film plans. The actor's health steadily declined for the next decade, and on Christmas Day in 1977, Charlie Chaplin passed away at the age of 88. He was buried two days later in a cemetery in the Swiss village of Corsier-sur-Vervey on the hills overlooking Lake Geneva. About two months later, just before midnight on March 1st, 1978, Chaplin's body went missing. Una Chaplin heard the news the following day when the local police called to tell her that her husband's grave had been robbed. She and her eight children were disturbed and confused, feelings that were shared by pretty much everyone in the village. Some suggested that Chaplin's fans may have stolen his remains as gruesome keepsakes, while others thought it was the work of anti-Semites who perhaps objected to the Jewish actor being laid to rest in a Christian burial ground. The truth, however, came to light later that day when Una received an anonymous phone call demanding money for the return of her husband's body. But Una wasn't having it. 
she essentially told the thieves they could keep the body, because, as she put it, quote, my husband is in heaven and in my heart. She told the police about the call, and they began monitoring her phone. It's a good thing, too, because the calls continued, not just to Una, but to the family lawyer as well. Over the next two months, they received a total of 27 phone calls demanding money. Although Una kept refusing to pay, the criminals seemed desperate enough to negotiate. After all, they had already gone to the trouble of digging up a corpse. What else were they going to do with it? However, when Una refused even a small ransom, the thieves changed tactics and began threatening violence against Chaplin's two youngest children. Things were getting serious, and the police knew it was time to make their move. What the criminals didn't realize was that Una truly had no intention of ever paying the ransom. She was just buying the police time to close in on the culprits. By early May, they had traced the calls to a series of public payphones in the region, but they still didn't know which phone the thieves would use on any given day. Left with no other options, the police decided to monitor every phone kiosk in the area, all 200 of them. They had Una arrange a certain time for the criminals to call on May 16th, at which point police would be waiting at each phone in the area to see who turned up to use it. The unlucky caller turned out to be Roman Wardas, a 24-year-old Polish refugee and car mechanic who was arrested in a phone booth that afternoon. His accomplice was arrested later that day and revealed to be Goncho Gainev, a fellow mechanic and refugee, this time from Bulgaria. The next day, the two men led police to Chaplin's body, which they had buried in a plowed cornfield only about a mile from the actor's home in Corsier. They claimed they had never actually intended to steal the body. The original plan was to remove the coffin, dig the grave deeper, and then put the coffin back, but hidden beneath a layer of dirt. This would have made it seem like the body had been stolen, but then, once the ransom had been paid, they would have revealed that it was actually still there the whole time. However, that plan went awry when it started raining the night that they were digging up Chaplin. The dirt got too heavy to keep going. At that point, the criminals were forced to improvise, and what they came up with was loading the coffin in their truck and then reburying it in a nearby field once the soil had dried. As for why the pair decided to desecrate the grave of a revered actor, they were actually inspired by a similar crime they had read about in an Italian newspaper. As political refugees, they were desperate for money, and things got so bad that grave robbing somehow seemed like their only option. Later that year, Wardas and Gainev were convicted of grave robbing and attempted extortion. Gainev was given an 18-month suspended sentence, as he had only helped transport and rebury the body. Wardas, on the other hand, had come up with the whole scheme and had been the threatening voice on the other end of Una Chaplin's phone line. In light of this, he was sentenced to four and a half years of hard labor. It's worth noting, though, that after the pair was convicted, they sent Una letters apologizing for their crime. And according to her son, Eugene, she did forgive them. Eventually. As for Charlie himself, his body was reburied in his original plot. But this time, 
his family poured a layer of concrete over the grave to discourage any future robbers. It seems to have worked, too. No one has disturbed Charlie Chaplin's grave in nearly 40 years. At least, as far as we know. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can write to us directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.